Welcome into a World Cup edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am your host, Mackenzie Rivers, here with my man, Griffin Warner. Griffin, you don't lose, and you usually win. You're 4-0-1 in your last five best bets on this podcast, cashing with Australia, Tunisia, under. How are you feeling about the World Cup in general and yet another winner? I'm loving it, man. I got to say, uh, I'm having a great time. Uh, the 4 a.m. starts are really not working very well for me, but <laughs> um, fortunately, Fox puts them up pretty quickly after the game ends, so... Um, I'm usually on many hours of delay because they also have long, long run-ins all these games. But um, I haven't tried Telemundo yet because um, I would like to actually understand what's being said instead of taking an hour to understand the, the commentary. But World Cup's been <laughs> I feel like the best. Had a couple brutal losses at the end, but uh, territory when you bet sports because it happens very frequently. And, uh, you know, I'm turning a profit, doing well with the best bets in this show, so I don't think I can ask for anything more. Yeah, and it can come down to one or two decisions, moments, especially in this game of ours, soccer. Uh, Kevin Cole on Twitter uh, equivocated a penalty to about a 25-yard pass interference penalty in football. And I think that's pretty accurate, where you give up a penalty that completely changes your your hopes and dreams for that particular game. And I don't think it's unwarranted because um, you're de- denying a goal-scoring opportunity. And that's how precious it is. That's how rare it is. If you deny it, you'd probably deserve, you know, 25 points against you, against your favor. Uh, I am uh, 25 yard pe- defensive pass interference penalty. That's what we're, that's what we're saying. No, a pen, uh, one pass interference penalty is equivalent to like a 25 point penalty. Like you're, it was zero, zero. And then you give up a penalty. Now it's 25, zero. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I thought you were say a 15 yard penalty was now 25. And I was like, that is a very, very nice way <laughs> to put it, but it is not even close to that. I was going to say a 99 yard penalty, basically going from yeah. the opposite end zone to the other end zone. And all you got to do is not mess it up. That's fair. I think that, uh, I think that's about accurate. And uh, I think that makes it tense. It makes it good. It makes each moment matter. Cause you could give up that 99 yard penalty at any time. And uh, I am equivocating because I definitely did not win my best bet on Denmark. And uh, it hasn't been a great World Cup for me so far, one and two. But I'm going to pick it up here right now on this podcast. We have eight games on match day two of this World Cup, second half of match day two. Starts off with Japan, Costa Rica. Japan is the most popular pick in the pregame forums contest. Match day two, World Cup survivor. 24 people have picked Japan not to lose. And Vegas agrees they're about a quarter, a goal and a quarter favorite over Costa Rica. Costa Rica obviously coming off a 7-0 drubbing by Spain. Uh, is there any hope for Costa Rica? Can Kaylor Navis uh, prevent seven coming across his side? What do you make of this matchup? You know, I think so. Um, I feel like this is the uh, ho- holy overreaction Batman uh, <laughs> of of all that you could look for with Japan with a shock upset over Germany and then Costa Rica with the really, really awful performance from start to finish, unfortunately. I would imagine that they have some pride in them and uh, Kaylor Navas hopefully won't be just handing goals out on a silver platter. Um, I guess that's a little unfair, but I feel like he was really at fault for the second goal, and it should have been at least something he knocked down and, and maybe parried, which might have been put back in by a Spanish attacker, but the first shot shouldn't have gone in. Anyway, we were kind of expecting him to be the best part of Costa Rica, and if he's not going to be good, then um, it's going to be really on a uh, 
it's going to be tough for, for Costa Rica to do anything in this tournament. Um, with that said, I'm not sure how much lower uh, on the totem pole you could feel about Costa Rica after 7-0 loss, um, considering goals are one, not seven in this sport. Um, but, I mean, I got to say, from the jump to what the number initially was, I think it was initially a half a goal underdog, Costa Rica, now one and a quarter. Um, mm. That is such an overreaction. And to me, honestly, feels like the uh, the Australia match today where – um, they came out, I mean, without as embarrassing of a performance, but the line completely flipped from Australia being a slight favorite to then closing an underdog and a pretty hefty one, at, I yep. think a half of a goal underdog. Um, and they really didn't have much to worry about from Tunisia, it felt like to me, until they had a lead and were holding on for dear life late, which I got to say I don't love, um, uh, but it happens, I guess. Um, so from where I sit, this I, I'm trying to kind of come up with an idea Um with just how much I'm I'm willing to back Costa Rica here. I, I like under two and a half, I think stronger than I like um, the Costa Rican side, but I don't really know. So Japan essentially went in, I think Germany was like the perfect team for them. They get to sit back, defend, counterattack, which was so, so coherent. I feel like they knew exactly what they're doing. They planned for it. They did really well, but that was the opener. It's almost like the first 20 scripted plays you'll see in an NFL game that Sometimes it doesn't go so well after uh, after you you kind of don't have the scripted plays you practice the whole time. Um, from my perspective with this one, and we saw it honestly in the Wales-Iran match where the w- Wales had a really good second half against the U.S., but they're really a counterattacking side and they had to really um, take the ball and go after Iran and, and it really didn't happen at all from what I saw. So I feel like Japan's going to be in a different situation, different mindset where they're going to have to be on the front foot they certainly have some creativity in their team, and I want to back them as a deep-sitting defense. Um, and I think against Spain, I'll be doing that as well in the, in the third match day. Um, but I don't think they really want the ball, and I don't think they're really prepared to play that way. So, I mean, everything points to Costa Rica for me, the huge overreaction, Japan having to play kind of a different style than they want to. Um, but I might just chicken out and go under two and a half as there's a little bit more safety there. Looking at Costa Rica's, you know, recent events, 7-0 is a complete outlier. They haven't given up, before this game, more than two goals. They've given up two goals once in their last 10. So the fact that Japan, who doesn't score a bunch of goals by themselves, is giving up almost a goal and a half, it definitely seems like an overreaction. You mentioned Australia-Tunisia. If you were just going off Australia's performance versus France, I think you'd have a very different uh, idea of who should be favored in that game. market did so. So uh, makes a lot of sense to me over under two and a half, There's a little bit of juice on the under minus 130, but uh, I don't see a lot of goals in this game. I definitely don't see Japan uh, being favored to win by two goals in this, but that's what the market says. So take it with what it, with a grain of salt, Belgium, they are a quarter goal favorite. I'm surprised this number is pretty, pretty close. Uh, maybe leaning towards a half goal favorite over Morocco. Belgium coming off their 1-0 win over Canada. They are still favored to win the group. They can clinch it with a win here. What do you make of this matchup? I am surprised that this number has fallen so much because I got to say, despite a Belgium 1-0 win against Canada, they were pretty much outplayed for all of the match, like a 100% of it, besides one long ball that Michi Bashuai finished, who's an incredible Belgian striker, but does nothing in the pro game at all when he actually gets paid to do it. I guess they pay him a little bit <laughs> for their national team too. But um, I don't know that I really saw anything out of Belgium that would then uh, make me feel like they're a good team that I w- 
that look like a favorite to potentially win this tournament. Um, and maybe that's why the line has crashed so far, so far, but I mean, it's, it's fallen like precipitously. Like I had a plus one initially, and then, I mean, maybe it was down to three quarters and then fell down to a half, which is where we see it now. But I was looking at even a quarter of a goal for a while. And I don't really know that Morocco's performance was that strong against Croatia. I feel like they, um, did a good job nullifying the Croatian midfield, um, which was exactly what you need to do against Croatia. Cause I don't know that their uh, striker area is really that formidable at this point. Um, unfortunately, I think they do have the bodies there, but it hasn't really looked so good so far. Um, right. And it's a little weird to me that, that Belgium got outplayed and then Morocco didn't really do much. And therefore we're going to drop the line a half of a goal. I mean, I feel like um, if you're looking for value, I feel like Belgium, was pretty cheap here. Uh, I don't necessarily like them because I had some big concerns about their defense coming into this tournament. Kevin De Bruyne looked like a shell of himself. I can't really explain why that happened. But um, Canada didn't really respect Belgium at all, I thought, uh, from their game plan, their strategy. And it really should have worked if they could have finished, if they could have made a penalty, um, if mm-hmm. Thibaut Courtois wasn't so so long-armed, I guess. Um, and if they didn't make one kind of big play from the Belgian side to take the lead and then Canada can never uh, get back and equalize. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm hesitant to be interested in Belgium. I mean, I, I was looking to fade them a lot in this tournament. I don't know if this is enough of a number for me to do it right now, uh, but I do lean to under two and a quarter because I don't know that I saw anything from the Belgian offense that makes me scared. And Morocco, I, fo- I thought against Croatia played really defensively and I expect they play the same way against, against Belgium here. Makes sense. We're, we're pessimistic on Belgium, but Talk about overreactions. Morocco getting that draw versus that surprising draw versus Denmark maybe has them. Um, has Croatia. Mar- Croatia. Yeah, I'm sorry. Morocco versus Croatia. Who I say Denmark? Yeah. Yes. Both of them should have won their first match. Both of them did not. So that's how <laughs> that's how I had it. I in mean, my it's, mind. it's a very it's a very similar scenario for both Denmark and Croatia. Um, Croatia really have to do something here, and we'll get them in a second. I'm sure. In fact, next game Croatia is. Favored over Canada. They're about a quarter goal favorite. Uh, my pick to win the group from plus 215 to now plus 325 as they did not win their first match. Belgium did, but it's all going to come down to that last game. Croatia-Belgium provided that Croatia can beat Canada here. Alfonso Davies was uh, inclusion, a late inclusion in that game against Belgium. Presuming he will be back out there in this matchup. What do you make of this one? Croatia about a quarter goal favorite over Canada. Another big crash down in in, in numbers. Um, I mean, Canada was a half a goal favorite and trending towards three quarters. Now they're at a quarter. Um, I do think the Canada performance against Belgium probably deserved a, a decrease in this line. But it's another scenario where I feel like if you're back in Canada here, you're getting them at a really, really cheap price where a lot of the underdogs in this tournament have been really overvalued and you get more than you should. Wait, let, uh, let me let me drill down on that. So you're saying Canada was almost a goal underdog, three quarters goal underdog. Uh, at what point? So from when I started tracking this, the first number that I had was Canada a half a goal underdog with um, getting odds, so plus one hundred five. Okay. Um, it then jumped up to three quarters. I have at minus one fifteen for a little while, uh, and then came back down after the match happened, and now they're a quarter goal underdog, uh, also getting odds. So maybe this climbs to a half. Um, I mean, to me, it's like, okay, Canada played really well. They were really aggressive. They're not going to be the pragmatic sit back and put 10 men behind the ball type team, which I still think is their best 
avenue to uh, being the best underdog we could look for. Um, but they also, there's some value in trying to possess the ball and going up the pitch, assuming you can take advantage of that and actually score. Um, but seeing Canada go from a one goal underdog against Belgium to now a quarter goal underdog to Croatia, I don't, I don't think that Croatia and Belgium are that different. We'll get to see that in the match day three. Right. Um, but I mean, Unfortunately for your group pick and one that I have as well, it, Belgium, if they can win this this match against Morocco, they will be out of sight unless uh, Croatia beat Canada. So um, I like Canada. I, I feel like goals are really tough to come by in this tournament in general. I mean, there's been uh, whatever the Fox guy has been saying, how there's a uh, uh, there's 12 halves so far that started the first half was goalless. Um, that's great for under. It certainly doesn't tell the whole story to some games. You have Portugal put up five in a second half, uh, and then we saw France today put up three um, total. But I, I just feel like um, I still lean under on this one. Uh, I, I like Canada, and I want to see this one climb to a half of a goal, which I think it will. Um, and then I start to consider, well, do I really believe in the Croatia offense? And I got to say against Morocco, who wasn't really expected to be a great defense. I didn't really see a lot from Croatia that made me feel like they're going to score a lot in this tournament. Well, if you lean towards Canada plus a quarter goal, how did you feel at, at plus three quarters goals? Why, why, um, what was making you not fire at that point? Um, I think this tournament's huge on perception and um, and unfortunately when you see Neymar potentially missing the rest of the group stage, yeah. um, there's some big injuries that can really affect the, uh, the, the goal spreads or Asian handicaps as we might call them in another world. Um, so I don't know that I was looking so much at uh, match day twos, especially because I felt like there'd be some like NFL week two overreaction, NFL week one, you get some pretty soft numbers based on a huge overreaction. A lot of people that are better in the sport right now haven't watched any of these players at all. Um, it's really hard to watch European soccer in the US and even harder to watch the international and World Cup qualifications. So um, I feel like there's a good chance to spot some overreactions and I didn't want to like be on the wrong side of that by, by locking in early. Makes sense. Keep one in the chamber for, you know, the day of makes sense to me. But in these games, I kind of like I kind of like to see my action uh, in action. And this is definitely a game that I'm going to want some action in Spain versus Germany. Probably the best game of the group stage to this point, if not the whole group stage. It was about pick them coming in. It's about pick them now. Spain is a slight favorite plus 102 as a quarter goal favorite over Germany. What do you make of this matchup? Can Germany respond to an upset loss versus Japan in match day one? Ha, ah, so this is a hard one because Germany did lose 6-0 to Spain um, within the last couple couple years in a competitive match in the Nations League, I think it was. Um, and that does give me some pause on backing Germany because unfortunately, I mean, yes, sometimes blowouts turn into bigger blowouts when you really don't care about the final result. Uh, but that's that's a big, big uh, mark on the German resume. I think the manager's changed since then. There's a lot of new players for sure. Uh, but I actually went to the Stuttgart-Koln, uh, I guess it was a friendly match in Austin last weekend. And a lot of people, I, I ended up being at the same hotel bar with a bunch of the guys from Stuttgart. And they were saying they were really worried about the German national team. And I was like, ah, oh, you're just saying that to set set them set us up for the right. World Cup, blah, 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 low expectations. Um, and things started off really well against Japan. They took the early lead on the penalty. Um, they were putting a lot of pressure on Japan. Japan was kind of surviving. And then things got really ugly. Uh, they gave up an equalizer and then really never recovered, gave up another goal, and then probably could have given up more. Um, meanwhile, Spain looked 
awesome, dominated a Costa Rican side that looked like they weren't even close to at the races and a pick'em match, which uh, had Spain slightly favored on the money, or I guess on the pick'em line juice wise, and they were favored to win the group before this all kicked off. Now Germany's getting a quarter of a goal, so it'll draw you in half a bet. Um, yes, there's right. some juice involved on the German side, but that's a pretty big swing as well for two of the best uh, footballing nations in the world. Um, I, I think we both talked about this coming into this, that we thought Spain was better than uh, Germany, but not by much. And uh, I feel like Spain in this situation, if they draw this matchup, they're on four points, Germany are on one. Um, that's a pretty good position to be in. I mean, depending on what the rest of the group does, because uh, Japan can certainly cause some problems in that, in that sort of thing. Um, and they'll get to see that result because the early match, but um, I don't think there's a lot of life in Costa Rica. And I feel like Spain could even take this as like, okay, we're not losing this match and you're profiting on Germany and probably an under two and three quarters as well. If they take that position. That's a really good point. I hadn't considered Japan, Costa Rica, 5 a.m. Pacific time, Spain, Germany, not till uh, nine hours later, 2 p.m. And you're going to have a good idea of who's going to win that group where Germany might need all three points if Japan wins. But if it's a draw, I think Spain getting that draw versus Germany would uh, would be a decent result for both teams. Something to consider. All right, we're going to move on here till Monday, November 28th. Again, match day two, second half. And Cameroon versus Serbia. Serbia is actually the favorite here, about three-quarters goal favorite over Cameroon. What do you make of this matchup? I'm a little worried about the Serbian national team and their injuries at this point. I thought they played Brazil really tightly, um, but they missed uh, Philip Kostic, one of their best fullbacks, one of the best left-footed fullbacks in, I think, the world. Um, I don't know. I, I doubt they were holding him out for Brazil because they knew if they could get any sort of points in that matchup, that would probably set them to move through. Um, so I want to know his status. I don't I don't know that just yet. Um, Cameroon, on the other hand, I thought played Switzerland really tough. Um, they had one kind of bad defensive moment and Switzerland punished them. Um, I feel like the Cameroon defense was better than I expected, but this is going to be a big test for them because Serbia are really front footed and they're going to be going at them throughout. Um, let's not forget that Serbia qualified automatically, uh, through UEFA. They didn't have to go through the playoffs because they actually outperformed and beat Portugal, uh, to get through. So they've beaten good teams, uh, and they're, a lot more tested and and I think a lot more trusted in my humble opinion than, than uh, Switzerland's offense was, though Switzerland has certainly been good for a while too. Um, I, I'm i always looking at underdogs. I think as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, and certainly you do, Mackenzie, but um, I, I'm trying to, want, I'm wondering if Cameroon will climb to that one goal underdog um, to then give us the push possibility because I'm fairly sick of losing three-quarter goal underdogs, losing <laughs> half of a unit, so it's not a full but it still doesn't feel great. No. <laughs> it's a lot, lot easier to take a push um, than losing half your stake. Uh, but I lean to the under two and a half here. I mean, I, I feel like this tournament, um, you've already lectured me for not saying I sound like a broken record, so I'm not going to do that again. But um, <laughs> I, I like pretty much under in all of these matches um, just to save people some time if you're uh, if you're on the go. In the well, well, maybe, well, I mean, people are, are throwing these unders into parlays. People are betting all kinds of which ways in the World Cup because it's the World Cup, biggest sporting event in the world. So, if you lean under in every matchup, let me just ask you on a scale from one to 10, where 10 is your best bet of all time, uh, this under two and a half Cameroon, Serbia, where, where, where does that fall? Uh, not very highly. Um, okay. I, I feel like, unfortunately, 
I still have concerns about the African Confederation and their defense. Uh, I don't know that those have been really solved so far. Uh, and then I feel like Serbia is going to really put a lot of pressure on Cameroon. And it's really not good. I mean, both these teams are on zero points. Um, both their opponents are on three. So this is kind of a, I don't know if it's necessarily a play out game, but unfortunately we only have three matches that determine who goes through. It's great for drama. It's great for us watching on television, but I feel like it can change and, and kind of dictate some new strategies that these teams, they're going to have to go for it. And that doesn't feel good for an under either. Yeah. And Cameroon and Serbia both favored to be out of the tournament. The other two teams in the group, Brazil and, and Switzerland favored to be in the knockout stages. So it's kind of game you got to go for it. Similar situation here with South Korea and Ghana. South Korea about a quarter goal favorite. What do you make of this matchup? South Korea versus Ghana. Um, South Korea, I th- I thought played great. Unfortunately, they're the reason why my uh, Twitter account is suspended right now or locked or whatever you call it. You were uh, selling counterfeit picks, I hear. I mean, why uh, would you do that, bro? I- I'm not sure what se- what counterfeit goods I'm I'm selling, but someone reported those two tweets. I guess they were really disappointed that I uh, <laughs> I bet the underdog and the under, and they both won in a goalless draw. This is the same Clearly. handicap I just heard. Counterfeit violation. Yeah. I mean, probably they got sick of me just saying the same stuff over and over again. Though I got hey, you, say, you keep you keep winning, no one's going to complain, man. I mean, I, they're they're complaining on Twitter. Apparently, they wanted more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, a goalless draw when you have dog and under is about uh, a dream scenario for your boy. So um, unfortunately, that didn't work out very well. But uh, hopefully, Twitter will uh, stop. Get, I mean, Elon Musk. I know he doesn't sleep. So if he could, <laughs> I know he's a big listener to this podcast. If yeah, he, he is. Get on that with his minions, please. Um, I feel like and I'm not even gonna say it. Actually, never mind. But okay, <laughs> back to this matchup. So South Korea quarter goal favorite. Um, it's very juice on the Ghana side. So um, I'm wondering if this one falls down to pick them. And I think the reason for that is the South Korean offense is not really one you'd want to back as a favorite. I feel like on this level in Asia, they do pretty well because um, they're one of the best teams, the biggest nations there. Um, Ghana have, have I thought been good defensively. Um, they were playing so well against Portugal until Ronaldo dived and then, or dove and then Penaldo, of course, got his, mm. got his penalty, um, felt real soft to me. I guess I could see how it was called, but, um, the problem is if there's the referees calling it, it seems like in this tournament, the VAR is not, uh, not overturning any penalties, whether they're, unless no. there's literal no contact whatsoever, which maybe is the right way to do it. I just, it's so hard to know how these referees are going to interpret rules because it's so different in every league across Europe. And then in this tournament, it's an absolute joke because we have all these refs from bottom leagues that are here just, I guess, for participation points. Um, But I I like Ghana because I feel like they're um, getting a bigger number than they should be. This one, I feel like might close pick them. So there's not a lot for me to do there on a side. Um, I just think South Korea are a counterattacking team, kind of like the same mold as Japan. And they're going to not really have that opportunity because I think Ghana is going to, it's going to like a fight of two teams that are trying to counterattack each other. So I think it's going to be pretty cagey. Um, I think both teams see themselves not too far out considering Portugal have three points and Uruguay only have one Um, Korea have one. And so like, if they draw here, that, that still leaves, I think everybody open if they can win their last match to get through Um, certainly don't. But I feel like from watching a bunch of these other matches, no one's been freaking out so far uh, if they're a little bit behind besides Argentina, I guess, because they're on the brink today. Um, but lean to under two, though that's really, really short considering how most of these totals have gone off at two and a quarter or two and a half, maybe two and three quarters or three is the highest we've seen. But seeing a two is, is pretty low. So uh, I'm going to wait to see if we can get a little bit more there. And that's probably my strongest lean on this game. 
I was not impressed with uh, Korea very much against Uruguay. I didn't think Uruguay played great. Didn't think Korea played great. So I don't see a lot of goals in their side. Song Heung-min or Sonny, as uh, we've dubbed him here on the Angli- Anglican side of the earth, not too impressive. Maybe uh, maybe he's brushed back a little bit too soon. Uh, some loose touches in their really? first game. Is that, yeah, is that I, you know? I, I, I thought he was bad. I don't know. What'd you feel? How'd you feel? Um. So what I wonder is, it's probably a lot based on expectations because to, to me, it felt like Sonny was there by himself and it was basically like, okay, we're going to have everyone defending except for Sonny on one side. Yeah, it did seem like that. We Joe or whatever his name is on the right side. And every time we potentially get the ball and have a chance, we're just going to kick it as far as possible and hope Sonny can go get it. Um, we saw that a little bit today with Mexico and Irving Lozano. Um, I don't necessarily uh, downgrade the player in that performance. I just felt like he was, um basically running him against three defenders uh the whole match and so there's only so much you can really do in that scenario unless he has that blazing speed can literally run by everybody which i do think sunny does um but maybe first game match back it wasn't as as fluid as we wanted to be but i, I thought he was greatly relieving pressure i thought he at least made uruguay sweat a little bit when he had the ball because like maybe something would happen from it unfortunately one on four, like waiting for your your cavalry to, to show up to battle um, was taking a while. So I thought he was just as just as I wanted him to be. Maybe I have some some good memories from it until my Twitter account got locked. But um, <laughs> I thought I thought he was really just as I was hoping for. And uh, I still really want to back them against a, a really good offense. And I think Portugal will be uh, a, a, a bet for me on South Korea against Portugal in match day three. That's coming up later on this week. All right. Uh, you know, I'll I'll, t- I'll take that under advisement. Sonny, may- maybe a man uh, uh, out, out on his own versus Uruguay, but versus Ghana, that defense is not going to be as tight. Maybe that counterattack, uh, maybe he gets some reward for it. So look for that South Korea short favorite over Ghana. Griffin leaning towards the under two in that game. Brazil will be without their talisman, Neymar Jr. At least for the group stage, it looks like they are a goal favorite, minus 120 versus Switzerland. What do you make of this one, Brazil, Switzerland? He's a big loss. Um, I'll say that. No one uh, – I actually sent a, a tweet out. I was going through, and I think I was in a, a battle. You're allowed? I, I mean, I, I have another – I do have another Twitter <laughs> account. Don't tell the, the Twitter – at Twitter support people, though. You know, if they actually were working today and this weekend in general, they might have restored me by now. Um, but I saw this picture of, uh, I think it was in a bathroom in, in Denmark and they, um, showed a bunch of like the soccer stars all using the restroom, um, not actual like pictures, but like shapes and they had Neymar laying on the ground. So I know that people don't love Neymar cause they think he's a diver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you saw the swelling in that ankle, when he came off, it kind of looked like a grapefruit. So, um, he's going to have to get replaced. The nice part is Brazil, um have a million great offensive attacking options like probably the deepest in all of world football to replace him i mean he's a loss for sure and i think they probably take it i think there's he was their penalty taker so that's yep. uh, probably not great if he took his over goals or for neymar to score over one and a half or two goals whatever the number was that prop's going to be in trouble um, neymar to be the top scorer in the tournament was a very popular very popular pick yeah, on uh on certain that telegram channels look great nah. right now. Uh, I know that a lot of people are questioning Richarlison starting. Cause he had been kind of, all he doesn't start for Tottenham and he starts for Brazil. Go figure. 
Yeah, I think that's a little bit because of uh, injury problems this year. But he made it look uh, pretty good, Chiche, yep. for starting him. So um, I feel like uh, he, they'll. I think Brazil will be fine. Uh, in regards to the number on this one, um, Switzerland, they've been a pretty big underdog like this in a lot of their nation leagues matches because they were playing, I think, against the biggest European nations in the League A, uh, the highest you can be in, and they don't really have much goal-scoring talent. We saw them take... Uh, a chance against Cameroon that won them the match, which I got to say a lot of big nations haven't been able to take those chances. So credit to Brielle and below and, and credit to Switzerland. Um, but they're familiar to, I think to this kind of space where they're going to be in. And I, I didn't feel like Brazil was that dominant against Serbia. Maybe it was a really good performance by Serbia. I don't really see them as a very defensive side. So um, I, you know, more and more I think about this, I, I'm interested in, I was trying to tell myself before this tournament, do not bet against Brazil. Whatever you do, do not bet against Brazil. <laughs> but Switzerland getting that full goal of insurance right now, it looks like it might even climb to one and a quarter because I can't imagine that uh, there'll be anything but Brazil money hitting. Um, lean to under two and a half because I feel like Neymar's absence might throw them off a little bit and might take them a little while longer to get that first goal. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I trust the Swiss defense more than I, I expected to coming into this tournament. Um, and I, I lean to the dog and under. Uh, yet again, and it makes sense. It's a confluence of events. Don't bet against Brazil. Don't bet against Brazil. Don't bet against Brazil unless their best players out, unless they look pretty disappointing against Serbia in their first match, unless their opponent looks better than expected in their first match against Cameroon. I can see how you get there with Switzerland plus one, especially if it gets to uh, plus one and a quarter. And you can uh, you can profit from a one you know one zero two one type performance. Last game here on Monday, Portugal about a half goal favorite over Uruguay. What do you make of this matchup? Uh, Ronaldo looked you know, not, not not too bad. Got a goal in, in his first time out. The first player ever to score in five straight World Cups. He has one goal in four of those World Cups. I just find that funny. He's the kind of guy to to get a record and and have the minimum performance to do it. Cristiano Ronaldo, gotta love that guy. What a guy. Portugal minus a half goal over your game. What, what do you make of this matchup? So, uh, Uruguay has great names on their team. Everyone knows Luis Suarez and Enzo Cavani, if you follow the sport at all. And now a lot of people know Darwin Nunez as well, because uh, of his high, highly publicized move to Liverpool and the big, I think, biggest transfer fee out there, probably. Um, I, you know, neither of these teams' offenses really do much for me. Um, while Pinaldo did draw a penalty. I don't know that I really believe that he was doing that much in that game. I mean, that 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 match, honestly, Portugal and Ghana was a like I was watching grass grow, watching paint dry type of match. And then all of a <laughs> the sudden, the first sixty nowhere, minutes, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think the first sixty-two and then or probably the first sixty. Then Ronaldo was uh, lying on the ground for the next three until he took the penalty. <laughs> so that's probably what happened, even though he like didn't actually get touched, but. Um, regardless penalty was upheld and that was one of the rough beats that I had so far in this tournament. I'll leave that behind. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think the Portugal offense is that great. I feel like giving a half of a goal to a, um, a nation that qualified out of the hardest, uh, confederation to get into the world cup. wasn't easy for Uruguay, but they still have also those big names that I just mentioned. I feel like Uruguay as a favorite is like a team I really want to go against, but as an underdog, I feel like they're capable up front. They have veterans who know how to find the net. Like we've seen it with Germany. They have so many young players that just have no idea how to finish. Um, Uruguay probably won't get as many chances, but I feel like they're more likely to finish than some of the the younger guys like Timo Werner. Sorry that he's not in this tournament, but 
Um, I'll take Edison Cavani over Timo Werner like nine times out of nine or however many times you give me that option. Cause I just feel like the veterans can find the goals. They don't get as many opportunities, but they actually are able to convert them, which to me matters more. Um, and the Uruguay defense, I feel like is, is okay. Um, I, I don't know that it's one of the best in this tournament, but I just don't think that Portugal really has that much in them and seeing them struggle with Ghana. Um, I don't want to overreact to a result, but I do feel like, seeing a team struggling offensively. I don't think that that gets fixed just from three more days of practice or something like that between matches. I think they're, these tournament games come so quickly. Uh, Jurgen Klopp talks about in, with Champions League midweek that they basically never practice. They just try to recover right. the guys. And I feel like that's what you're going to see in this tournament. So I don't really know that the offense is going to get better. I know that's kind of not great for the entertainment aspect of it, but it does matter for getting half of a goal when you draw, when a full bet. It also matters for under two and a quarter. Um, so I don't see any reason to, to get off those two leans for me or just yet. And this is another example of two teams favored to pass or to get onto the knockout stage, meaning a draw is not a bad result for either side. Both both teams, I feel like, get a draw, uh, you know, move on and, and try to win their last group to get to advance. All right, let me save you guys a little bit of money on pregame.com with the promo code GOBBLE. As in Thanksgiving, just had it. Hope you're enjoying your trip to Fiend and your turkey. Gobble, G-O-B-B-L-E, $25 off anything on the website. So if you've never purchased a $25 best bet day of on pregame.com, you can acquire that for free using the promo code Gobble, G-O-B-B-L-E. If you want to dive a little deeper into your meal, Maybe consider a subscription. Anything longer than seven days, you can get $40 off. So 15 more than the first promo code gobble with the promo code gobble gobble. $40 off any subscription, seven days or longer. G O B B L E twice. Repeat it. $40 Sorry. off anything. Sorry. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad somebody's listening. No, that's good. Uh, pregame.com gobble gobble. $40 off anything on the website. Now, Griffin Warner. You have not lost in the last five, five, count them, best bets. And you've, more importantly, you've won four of them, four, oh, and one. So you get the tee box, my friend. Let's keep it going. What is your best bet for World Cup match day two? Promo code gobble. Gobble, gobble, gobble twice. Remember, gobble, gobble, gobble. There you go. $40 off any subscription, baby. That's what made me laugh because, like, why, God forbid, say it enunciated out. G is in Griffin, O is in Oscar, B is in boy, B is in boy, L is in Leo, E is in elephant, twice. That's what made me die. Um, Without further ado, as I'm stalling, I guess I probably just can't do it. I'm going Japan, Costa Rica, under two and a half. Uh, It's pretty juice right now. I feel like two and a quarter um, doesn't pay you as much if it ends 1-1, but I don't know where Costa Rica is scoring in this matchup. Um, I feel like Japan's going to be the aggressor here, and maybe that turns into something, but I feel like they're built to be a counterattacking side, and it's going to be a struggle for them to score. Maybe they get two themselves and cover the spread, which would be brutal because I'll probably play Costa Rica uh, as a side as well. But um, I feel like two and a half goals is a lot in this matchup for these two teams. I think Costa Rica are probably, I mean, most professional athletes are have some pride in them. Uh, I feel like they're all pretty embarrassed about that showing against Spain or, or not showing or lack thereof. Yep. Uh, I think there's going to be a good defensive effort from both teams in this one. I think Japan, as the big-time favorite here, really doesn't deserve to be that big. Uh, it's a huge overreaction, and I'll go under two and a half Japan and Costa Rica. I agree. I mean, Japan versus Saudi Arabia was 0-0 just a couple months ago. I feel like you mentioned it. This line was a half goal. And then Costa Rica lost by seven goals, and now it's 
a goal and a quarter seems like a, a large overreaction to one data point. And watching that game, it felt like they let go of the rope, you know, once they were down 2-0 with that Navas mistake. Not necessarily something that's repeatable. So uh, less goals than seven, I think, is a pretty safe bet. And under two and a half is Griffin's best bet. Makes sense to me. For my best bet, and I wanted to in this tournament, looking to turn it around, Uruguay, dog in the under again, but I'm going with the underdog this time, plus a half goal over Portugal. Uh, yeah, I don't think these teams are that different. The fact that Portugal got the pretty fortunate win over Ghana makes them you know, pretty happy with a draw, in my opinion. Uruguay generally overperforms in these tournaments. Uh, they have big names up front, but they actually have a really solid defense. So I feel like this is 1-1-0-0. Portugal happy with the draw, in my opinion. So I'm going to take Uruguay for my best bet, plus a half goal you can get right now at minus 110. Without further ado, that will do it. Remember, use that promo code GOBBLE. And if you're feeling spicy, use that promo code GOBBLE, GOBBLE, $40 off any subscription on pregame.com. For my man Griffin Warner, I am Mackenzie Rivers. We will check you later on in the World Cup. This has been RJ Bell's Dream Preview. See you later on.